this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You good? I can't see you. Oh, yes. Okay. Thanks. Okay. An insecure podcast on post show recaps. That's right. We got y'all and surprise bitches. Bet you thought you seen the last of me. But I am back to talk the fifth and final season um, of the groundbreaking generation defining comedy that is insecure. I'm Latanya Starks, and I just got back from an extended wait at Nathan's Barbershop. I was waiting to get styled and all lined up and it took literal weeks for my guy to come through. But, you know, as we've discussed on this podcast before, in my absence, you don't, you can't just like, you know, stand up your barber. You just kind of got to wait around. So I'm sorry that I missed some time with you all, but I'm back now. And thank you so much to um, Asia and to Sasha who helped uh, to fill in. Um, for some of the podcasts that I was out, I really appreciate you all coming on and hope to get to podcast with you in the future. Um, but that is enough about me. Let's get to our phenomenal panel for this evening. Um, here by my side are two of the best of the biz. Uh, first, we have a person who shares many of my opinions that I've espoused, not on the podcast in the last few weeks. Um, we have Mari Forth. Mari, how are you? Hey, um, I'm excited. This is another one of those episodes that just uh, drew me in. I'm so glad you're back to talk with us, Latanya. I can't wait to hear um, your thoughts again on on what's been happening over the season. But I mean, we're just getting closer and closer to the end, and it's just uh, it's so scary. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's very very scary. Um, then we have the man who tried to take my job. Um, <laughs> He did such a good job uh, being the the host of the podcast. And honestly, it made me a little upset. Um, so, yeah, with that, Chappelle is here. <laughs> Chappelle, how are you? You were just too good. It, it was it was something that, you know, you're too good at it. And I was like, oh, he took he took my job. Gerbs. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I was just thinking about how squirrels always act like they forgot to do a bunch of shit. Back. My bad. I would have chopped in earlier. Um, yeah, Latanya, it was a good time, but I'm happy you're back in the driver's seat. Like, I feel like like you have big shoes to fill, and we tried to fill the void by bringing in Asia and Sasha, and we tried to do it on our, our own, but 
It feels good to have the gang back together. So although yeah. I was unsuccessful in stealing your job, there's always been <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You can always keep trying. Um, yeah, it's it's good to have the gang back together, especially for this incredibly unconventional episode mm-hmm. um, that we got that I can't really like wait to get into. Um, there's multiple flash forward kind of like daydream scenarios that happen with Issa and Mirabitch. Mm-hmm. Um, who is back. <laughs> Mirabitch is returned. It's not again, not me calling her that. That is the official name of the character. Um, and it all comes down to whether Issa is going to choose NBW or choose to go on working with Crenshaw and focusing more on the community and about whether or not choosing NBW makes Issa a sellout. So we have a lot to discuss here. But first of all, I want to uh, get back to doing this thing that that I thought was fun and ask you all, what are your headlines for this week's episode? Uh, Mari, you first. Um, of course, like you said, it has to be the flash forwards. I mean, when the first one happened, my heart was like racing. I was like, oh my gosh, is this a dream sequence or did they jump into the future again? You know, so I thought that it's we are ending. we're, We're nearing the end of the series. So we're getting kind of the those cliches. Of you know what she's gonna choose. They 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 kind of scapegoated here by showing us multiple futures to kind of see how we feel and kind of test the waters. Um, but I'm not mad at, about it, and, and we'll definitely talk about them. So definitely the highlight of the the um, the headline of the episode. All right, Chappelle, what about you? I don't know if I have a highlight. I'm I'm very confused about a lot of the the main points of the episode in a way. Mm. I feel like the show presented us this binary choice of nothing but water or Crenshaw. And right. I just wasn't looking at it like that. And I'm not quite sure Issa should be as well. So I'd be happy mm. to talk about that when we get to that point of the episode. And not just the binary of nothing but water and Crenshaw, but the binary of Nathan or Lawrence too. I think that is a binary choice. Um, yeah. <laughs> I really don't think there's a middle ground where she can. I mean, th- don't get me wrong. The third option where me and Mari land, where she yeah. can either one of them is still there. <laughs> um, but like, I don't think there's a middle ground where she can have them both. Right. Right. Yeah. That's true. Um, I just thought that this was like a big swing to take for an anti-penultimate episode of your mm-hmm. final season of television. Definitely. And I'm still trying to sit with it. We're recording. Um, on on Sunday evening for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're really very much still in it. I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking yeah. for myself. I'll just say I'm very much still in the episode. And I'm uh, not exactly sure how I feel. Mari? Yeah, no, that's what I was about to say. Like, I specifically, I watched it once as opposed to normally we watch it twice. And I actually, like, did not take notes. I just watched the episode and absorbed it because... Um, I felt like uh, when you present it as like uh, either this or that choice, the best thing to do from what I've, uh, you know, in my experience is to go with your, your gut reaction. So I kind of wanted to take this episode. I wanted to approach this episode, like how I podcast about it, just going with my gut reaction as opposed to watching it again, analyzing what I think the writers are trying to tell us and everything like that. I just kind of want to give my, my, gut reactions to this episode that we watched tonight and i'm like really excited to hear uh both your uh perspectives of it as well okay yeah Chappelle, are you still in it 
Yeah, it's one of those things where there was so much going on to where I feel like maybe I didn't, maybe I missed something, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, whereas Mari, like, it's kind of wants to go off her gut. I think that's probably the best way to approach this episode after one watch because if you want to go in and get into all the nuance of the glances and the way people react to certain statements and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, then, then that's probably the most accurate way of doing it. But that's not a lot of times how choices are made. You go off of the way you perceived it the first time because you don't have, yep. and you replay it in your head over and over again. And sometimes that changes too. Um, so like with the flash forwards that they were giving us, they didn't give us a lot of time to dwell on certain moments. It was like, mm-hmm. boom, he's just here. Boom, boom. He says here, boom. She's on the on the plane with Ty Dolla on, and then bam, she's back in the uh, bathroom. And mm-hmm. so you don't have a lot of time to digest that and make a choice you have to go off of what you saw the first time you don't get like the hard copy of all the situations in front of you before you make your decision and so i appreciate being able to look at it this way um so yeah in a way my head is still kind of in the so yeah mm-hmm. a little bit i'm still trying to get my footing on this one yeah okay yeah a bit of a uh mind twist yeah there uh this this episode so we'll see if we can break this down for you all um but first uh we need to have a quick break and pay some bills so we'll throw it to our sponsors and when we come back we will get into all the nitty-gritty of season five episode eight the anti-penultimate episode of the entire series this episode is brought to you by snapple Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. Okay. So I think that we should just start right at the beginning. Um, We get this beautiful kind of floating drone shot of LA. I love the way that the city is. I think I've like mentioned this before, but I love the way that this city is filmed on this show. It really does make you want to be there. Um, and like be a part of everything that's going on. And then we have Pillows by Emmanuel um, opening up the episode. That's the song that we hear playing in the background as we see all these swooping shots. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, a really pretty song, um, in my opinion, to like go with everything. Uh, we find uh, that Issa and Nathan are in bed and uh, they're in bed together. And mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Nathan asked Issa what she's thinking about and Chappelle, what was she thinking about? She was thinking about how squirrels always act like they forgot to do a bunch of shit. You know, like they make for work or something. And honestly, I am that squirrel. That is me. (laughs) It's just the most random thing ever. I'm thinking about squirrels, but also Tiffany. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tiffany, too. I forgot about that. She yeah. about <laughs> Tiffany moving away, mm-hmm. um, you know, because we saw at the end of the last episode that that's a big deal. It's coming up. Yeah. So um, Nathan then says, we'll have somebody to visit and then gives Issa a kiss. And so Issa asks, if you really mean that, like, are you coming to Denver with me? And we get a little bit of a pause and Nathan says, hell no. Nah. so Mari what do you think about this do you now that we've had the last episode and the two of them have really professed their love for one another first of all do you all think that love is true and genuine I know that you talked about Mm. this a little bit on the last podcast but you know we're getting a lot here of the two of them um, Mm -hmm. and then a lot of them potentially in the future and how they could look so I think it's a question that bears revisiting so what do you think? Yeah, it still just feels awkward a little bit. Maybe it's just me. I don't know how you guys felt, but it's still like, it still feels weird. Like it still does not feel as comfortable, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, at least they're playing around. I would love to go to Denver. Why wouldn't you want to go to Denver? I, I hear it's I nice it. up there. Oh, okay. Well, never no, mind. you hate it. Um, <laughs> well, it's just cold. You know, I don't do the cold. And they from LA slash Houston. I don't think they're going to like Denver weather. Well, not I what's mean, the women. It can't when be it cold all the all time. time. But when it is, cold. during the summer or something. See y'all from up, y'all from up there. Oh, I don't, that's true. Cold yeah, y'all doesn't get snow. really do it for us. Yeah, we have multiple types of coats. I yeah, do that. <laughs> I do that. look when it hits sixty-seven degrees here. I'm not even going outside. Sixty-seven, sir. Sixty-seven. I got degrees. my coat on. If it hits you fifty, understand. I got a scarf. Like sixty-seven is not. A, you don't even need a hundred degrees that, that Fahrenheit over here. or Celsius. <laughs> I don't know the conversion, but let me tell you, I will not be outside in it. Not oh, know that, that much. is crazy. That's ridiculous. Oh my gosh! We, but, like, but yeah, yeah. It, we walk it, out and things yeah. are fully frosted over in the time that we left our car, and that's just that how things crashy. go. I don't want no parts of that. That sounds ghetto. 67. I cannot believe that. Maybe like 66, but like if anything under 66, I'm just, I'm probably just not going to go outside. That is such a warm day. Like that's such a warm day. Yeah, that's like a nice brisk fall. Yeah. Brisk. Why do you yeah. have to use that word? Maybe not even brisk. Well, in Chicago, everything is either brisk or like, the the wind is trying to destroy you and your family. <laughs> See, and the wind tries to destroy us too, just in the form of tornadoes when it's warm outside. I'm just don't understand why we would need the the brisk. You know, that's mm-hmm. past. Okay. Well, now that we know Chappelle's um, thoughts about the weather, anti Denver apparently. Anti Denver. Sounds like Chicago too, if you really. Yeah, apparently anti, (laughs) definitely anti Chicago. If that's the point. Uh, So, yeah. So uh, Issa and Nathan end up in the bathroom together, and they're just kind of talking. And um, Issa asks, you know, about uh, like, oh no, we see Nathan take his meds, which I think is great. I think it's continuing to have the discussion or like or normalize really Mm -hmm. um things that happen when you know you have mental health issues so like Mm -hmm. there are normally like you know pharmaceuticals involved you have to take those meds um at a certain part of the day so like you know showing that he is keeping up with taking his meds showing that that's something that is okay to do and normalizing that as part of his daily morning routine i think is great yeah um so they're in the bathroom 
and um Issa is wearing um Nathan's shirt and basically said that she had hid it from him and then he starts to talk about all the different articles of clothing that he has left over at her house which made me cringe immediately because I knew that the conversation was coming of well maybe we should just move in together I'm not exactly sure how much time has passed uh, between when they the, the last episode and this episode but they said a few weeks okay just a few uh-huh. weeks it seems a little too soon to be talking about moving in together what do you all think Chappelle I mean, yeah, no kidding. Um, no. I, I think that that's why they showed Nathan taking his meds because they wanted to make sure you knew that he wasn't manic when he said this. This is Nathan mm. in his right mind offering this wild mm. choice up to Issa and saying like, hey, I'll leave my clothes here anyway. I'm always here anyway. Why don't we, the two flightiest people who ever existed, yeah. move into each other, like in, in with each other. And specifically, why don't I move in with you? Um, right. Which right. is a very different dynamic than two people going to get a home together. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, at first, I probably would have been like, oh, okay, maybe there's no, something's going on with them. But we saw him take the meds. And so I appreciate them adding that that mm-hmm. that touch to, to the to the scene because had they not, I would be on this podcast being like, yep, he's off his rocker. Um, mm. oh, no. Just because it just seems like a bad decision at this point in their life. Now, don't get me wrong. They could work out, right? But it just, for the timeline that we've been presented, it seems really, really rushed. Yeah. yeah. And um, the other thing I was kind of wondering, where is he staying right now? Because I remember formerly he was staying with Andrew, but I don't think that's the case anymore. No, no he, he moved out of with Andrew's cousins place. at one point. I think he has his own place because yeah, I think that's where he was going. The, we saw oh, it, didn't we? Well, we saw his room. Yeah, we, we saw, we saw that he exists before. in a bedroom, right? But he don't know if he lives by himself. Right. He's got a living, like a roommate. We really haven't gotten into that from what I can tell. Right. So, yeah. like, I mean, that's not a good look. That's very hobosexual to be. Um, <laughs> Homeless sexual is a thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's, that's what wow. was called one of those things. So, like, that's kind of scary there. But, I mean, I don't know. Is this how you ask to move in with somebody? I I don't know. Well, uh, well Mari... How do you ask to move into with somebody? Is it just kind of like like it's like a proposal? What do you do? Like, I don't uh, know because I mean he did say he's like you know yeah we could move in and you know save money and stuff. Save too. money. It's like the number uh, one reason is I have my clothes here. The number two reason is we could save money. I know. That and I mean not, when, I, that ain't what he said. He said I like being around you. I like. He said I like being around you. I like waking up with you. I like making coffee for you in the morning. See, see, I'm not but even making fan, but I can see money. the propaganda. He also said all said those save things, money. and he said save money was the last thing he said. Latanya, sometimes you put the most important man. things last. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you int- look. That's why you introduced me last on this episode of the podcast. <laughs> oh, <No. you> know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know. I just, it, yeah, me. I'll take things that are wrong for three hundred, Alex. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, Issa talks about how Mikasa is kind of turning into Wikasa, <laughs> which is funny. We have this whole conversation. Issa asks if they're ready. 
Um, and yeah. the answer is a resounding no. And it seems to <laughs> it seems to me that Issa knows that, mm-hmm. like deep down inside. I don't know. Am I projecting here, Mari? No, because she said, I'll think about it. Yeah, we can think about it or we can start to talk about it. Like she didn't immediately jump on that, which is like really interesting because, again, I feel like Issa from like two episodes ago probably would have jumped on this, you know, um, when she was you know, asking him. You know, when she originally said she lo- she loved him and then she was just waiting for him to return return you know um maybe she would have jumped on it then but like it does seem like she is a little hesitant now so and mm-hmm. it's she's asking a good question i mean at least she she's like maybe we should really consider this before we just gone ahead and jump into that but it then of course makes us as an audience wonder is she hesitating because of you know their situation like just the two of them or is she hesitating because you know her heart is somewhere else so i mean i i definitely think she she did ha- uh pause for a second and did say like you know let's let's think about it first mm-hmm. yeah and i'd have to agree with uh or echo what mari's saying when she says like we're thinking about whether or not it has to do with Nathan or whether it has to do with maybe the Lauren situation, because a couple episodes ago, I, I have no reason to believe Issa wouldn't have jumped on this. Right. But the thing that changed is that she has seen Lawrence and she's starting to reconsider what that could have been and what that could be. And throughout this episode, we see that as well. So I think this has less to do with Nathan and more to do with Lawrence, if you want to be honest. Mm. You know? um, then this TV show that's supposed to be a comedy. Yeah. Um, turns into a horror movie because my one of my worst nightmares occurs. Um, Issa is brushing her teeth and then Nathan says, that is me toothbrush. And I just I, I just audibly I I don't even know what to say. <laughs> like it was, It's just so bad. Why did this have to be? It's bad enough. I don't like to see people brushing their teeth. I don't know why there are so many scenes and movies and TV shows of people brushing their teeth. It's not a good look. It always makes me feel weird. I hate it. But the idea that I might accidentally use someone else's toothbrush is... I, oh, Ew. my God. So... I- no. <laughs> so oh my gosh. that was I mean like honestly that let me know this episode was gonna be a little bit off. Like <laughs> <laughs> that, that right there, that's that was, what told you. Yes, that was the first indication that something was going down that I may or may not have liked. Um so we move on from the bathroom, thank God. And uh, we get to see um, Issa at the Blocks Art Walk. And it looks beautiful. Like All of the booths are very well put together and well spaced, which is important. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, everything is like very meticulously planned. And we see Issa walking along with her boss um, as he's complimenting all of this and saying like what a great job she and Koya have done. Um, And that she should expect an offer in writing from um, nothing but water very soon. So, you know, that in and of itself is a big victory for Issa career wise. Um, What do we think about um, this possible move uh, with nothing but water? Um, Mari. 
Um, great. I I was confused because I thought they had already hammered out a deal. Because remember a few uh, episodes ago, um, Issa and Quay were talking how they're like salaried now. They're on the payroll already. Mm-hmm. So I guess uh, I don't know. I don't know event planning and brand collaboration or none of this. So maybe this is just like. Uh, another official step or something like that but they were probably doing it just based on an event by event um like basis basis Mm -hmm. and so they weren't independent contractors anymore they were they were salaried but they were only making money when they were submitting billable hours that had to do with putting together events like specific events that's what i think so now this is what like a merger in a sense well so this is almost essentially nothing but water kind of taking over like uh not mer- not a merger right. but maybe a little bit more like an acquisition yeah of okay. the, of the block Right. Um, so that they, it's they under the brand. nothing but water like umbrella, umbrella. of companies. Because okay, okay. did they say brand collaboration? I can't remember. Um, but either way, I mean, it's it's a great opportunity. It's a it's a great opportunity with people you have worked with before. They've at this point they've seen a lot of your events. Uh, I think the boss even said like they're um they're giving her and Koya more and more like leeway mm-hmm. I, I guess is the word or or creative license because right, it seems like they trust they just, them now yeah they exactly they trust them now so it's such a great opportunity and again this is what i love to see from insecure we're finally getting isa doing something she loves and being good at it like we even got, you know we got a reference to her you know working at an after school program yeah. you know, at one point like a lot of a lot of callbacks here in this this episode uh especially oh especially um i don't know if you're gonna get to this but um after she's talked to her boss and that lady came up yes to her i was, was gonna <laughs> talk about this next yeah. Sorry, but yeah so it's great i think it's great i think this is a really good um starting point this is su- such a good thing to see it's really awesome that uh, th- uh her boss or whatever guy likes what they're doing so i was r- i love seeing this i, I really did yeah um, and then next, this isn't funny. This is just like peak insecure being weird. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> so it's like a combination of insecure and twin peaks that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. A woman comes up to Issa just to like, say, this is great. I'm so glad I came here. She's holding, I think a plant that she probably bought <laughs> from one of the stalls. And she goes, um, I'm so glad I came here before going to that bridge. <laughs> and Issa just kind of looks at her like what <laughs> okay thank you for coming and then goes to Koya like that woman was going to kill herself <laughs> she hadn't come here like, like I know it's ridiculous but like Chappelle what do you think about the fact that Insecure peppers in like little like interstitial jokes like this Issa is saving lives the art walk <laughs> is literally saving people's lives. It's literally lives. Walk, saving lives. Yeah, walk tall, be black, love blackly, be safe. Like these are things <laughs> that you get from the art walk. That woman walked in, not maybe not so tall, maybe not so black, maybe not loving so blackly or so safely. But here she is now, leaving on the opposite end of that spectrum, and I love that for her and but, her cactus or whatever that was. She but bought. y'all know that's. I think that was the lady from like the mm-hmm. second ep- second episode. 
I think was so. It? Yeah. Yeah. She ran into her after the, uh, at the, the bookstore. Yeah. yeah. The oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's back. Oh my gosh. Issa's yeah. not a fan, and I like yeah. that. So that's a pro of Issa continuing <laughs> to work with the block because she is literally keeping that woman alive. I don't know what would happen if she no longer had these events to go to. So add mm-hmm. that to the pro column. Yeah, didn't she call her Miss Black? Miss <laughs> Block. Yeah. Miss Block. Hello, Miss Block. Um. <laughs> I love how Chappelle was like, maybe she wasn't as black as when she went in. <laughs> what did <laughs> say? Walk tall, be black. And I was like, I'm gonna start saying that. And then she backdoor with the love blackly be safe. I said, you know what, Koya? You the MVP then, in this episode. But then when the white people came in, she's like, Oh, that you're here, that's rad. Only <laughs> rad to see you here. Yeah. yeah. That cult switch is real. Okay. Koya is one of the unsung heroes of this show. Like we don't talk about Koya nearly enough. Oh, yeah. Um she's, she's such a great episode. Yeah, she's such a great assistant too. Uh mm-hmm. for Issa to have. I mean, you know, and this all came from um Condola, really. Oh, um, yep. like getting getting um the two of them connected. But she's mm-hmm. really become a rock for Issa. Um, helping to plan these events and then just being somebody that she can joke with when things are hard, which is really important to have at work. Um, because mm-hmm. especially in event planning, everybody is a diva all of the time. There mm-hmm. are a million permits and all of them require way too many specifications and way too many pieces of paper to fill out. And everybody wants everything that they want right now. So it really does help to have someone like Koya around. Um, so shout out to you, Koya. Yeah, and girl. you're making the world a better place as well. <laughs> um, so then Thomas and Nathan appear. Um, Issa, <laughs> <laughs> a rogue Thomas and Nathan appear. Um, Issa and Nathan kind of like, you know, kiss. They, 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 Issa takes some pictures of the two of them that are just terrible pictures because they clearly don't know how to pose, I guess, around plants. Um, and then <laughs> Issa calls, you know, Nathan says he's got to go to the shop. Um, and she says, I'm not going to say it. Okay, I'll say it. We're a power couple. Um, how much do you all think Issa is kind of um, loving the... Because when you're an event planner, you want everything outwardly to look great. So how much do you think that Issa is loving the um, like outward appearance of being a part of a power couple more so than actually being invested in the relationship? I, I don't know about that. I think for Issa in this moment, Nathan is just somebody who has been struggling to kind of get his footing as well. Right. And mm-hmm. Issa can relate to that. And what Nathan says, he's going back to the shop. He's going back for the men's group. Like he's starting a mental health group for mm-hmm. the men so they can meet at the shop and actually talk about constructive things. And so it kind of falls in line with Issa's passion of helping the community. So I think that's what mm-hmm. she was saying. Now, don't get me wrong. Issa, Issa wants to be flashy like everybody else do. I get it. But I don't think that's her motivation in this moment. I think she can just recognize that he's doing the men's group thing. She's out here doing the, the art walk. She's talking about a mental health aspect of this and saving lives. I think she just kind of feels like maybe as a couple and even as individuals, they're making strides toward helping the community and they're doing it together in a way that, um, you know, she thinks looks good. You know, so I don't I don't think she's more invested in the in the visual of it. Okay. Yeah, right. I agree. You agree? Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. Seeing <laughs> what comes back. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Then our our faves, uh, Molly and Kelly and Amal show up to support Issa um, and to make fun of her <laughs> for being so lovey-dovey <laughs> with Nathan because you have to. You know, you have to make fun of your friends when they're in love, especially when it's new. Um, it's just like a rite of passage. Um, and also everyone who was wondering where Amal is, he is returned. You're welcome. He's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a uh, candy man. I think we like said his name five times and he was at least was five it. times. Yeah. And then he appeared. Um, so it's great to see. I mean, the the friends always come out and Amal does too. They always come out, like, especially for these bigger events to support Issa. And I think that's really important. Um, and it's just, I, I don't know if I necessarily have like a comment here. I just think that it's great that, you know, she has this support um, that shows up for her time after time. And that's especially true with Molly because, you know, the last event that we saw Molly at that, um, Issa through did not go so well for them. You know, they were, uh, they were having an argument and she and Molly may or may not have had a gun. So <laughs> well, she did go to the Crenshaw joint. So technically that all went uh, smoothly. I oh, she, I forgot that she went to the Crenshaw. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Please correct me. But yes, she but may also or may, may or may not have had a gun at that yeah. one too. <laughs> You can't, who's to say? Um, <laughs> so then uh, Koya and Issa are packing up. Um, everything's winding down from the art walk. And then they see Crenshaw and they're just like, why? Like, <laughs> what and why? Um, and he comes over to apologize to Issa um, and say that he can see through everything that she's been doing that she actually does have a love for the community. He's about to open a new store and he wants to work with her. Um, what do you all think about this? <laughs> Mari, you're laughing. As, as people who have done this Issa Crenshaw thing to death, like, <laughs> it's hard because uh, like it felt like it came out of nowhere. I'm like, what's your angle here? You know? Just out of the blue, you you're just like, okay, yeah, I think um, we we should work together again. And I did like, I mean, he did say, well, there's all these permits and stuff. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, please fill out these forms, woman. I know you just need you just need somebody yeah to do the the administrative work because you're like, yo, administrative work's not for me, but initially I was just kind of like, I don't, I don't know, like I. I well, initially I just thought like, oh, okay, you can do both. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't think anything of it being like that big. I th thought he just wanted to collab with her again. I mean, that's, that's all we got at this point. Sorry. Was just that he said he, he was opening up a new store and he wanted to collab. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I was just a little skeptical. I'm not going to lie just because it felt like it came out of nowhere. But I, I was kind of glad that, um, at least it seemed like they, he was, trying to you know return her olive branch in a way i guess yeah for olive sure brownies <laughs> mm, right the brown yeah the olive that, that may or may not have been real i mean we'll get to that in a little bit because there's a lot of things in this episode that just are not real 
<laughs> yeah. I, I, right. I do want to. There was a lot, though. That I mean, we we just kind of covered, you know, the the end of this art walk. But I just felt like there was so much in there with, you know, the Nathan and Issa thing. With like Kelly even throwing out that Issa just started loving Nathan because <laughs> because mm-hmm. based on the conversation we had earlier, like maybe it is too soon for you to be moving in together. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Molly's on her mm-hmm. second date with Tori and it seems oh, like yes. she's ready to have oh, the sex. Right. You know, um, the Lisa talking about Molly's, the you know, the wills and talking about the, um, the estate planning with Molly and, you know, like yep, how we're going to get there. Mom- yeah, I'm just saying, like, it, you know, the conversations that they pushed through were like, oh, wow, okay, you know, and then so all of a sudden to be hit with Crenshaw, I was like, wait, what? Why? Go away. Like, mm-hmm. all the other storylines I care about. Like, I want to know more about Nathan and Issa. I want to know about Molly and her, or, you know, her parents and stuff like that, but I don't want Crenshaw around here. The entire yeah. episode, I just kept screaming, Issa, tell him no. Tell him no and mm-hmm. move on with your life. Right. Protect your peace. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, the best part of this s- scene, again, Koya t- saying, like, basically, Crenshaw, I will fight you. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She, she, like, you don't Molly know what might weapons not have I have gun. hidden. Right. Molly <laughs> might not have brought the gun to this event, but Koya keep a peace on her. She keep <laughs> exactly. that thing on her. <laughs> so, yeah, I loved all of this. Yeah. yeah. It's just with so I obviously like wasn't around for the the discussions that you all had about Crenshaw. I did have a lovely discussion with um, the social worker at the hospital where I was, who just happens to watch Insecure and loved it. And we just had, instead of talking about like, um, you know, practical things about getting released from the hospital, we talked about Insecure and we talked about Crenshaw. And so like, for me, my main thing with this, well, two things. The first is the main ha- problem that happened here, aside from Crenshaw wanting to like carry out his vision, in my mind, is just that it's poor communication on both sides. Both mm-hmm. Issa and Crenshaw are new to the careers that they are trying to um, promulgate here. Mm-hmm. And you know, they necessarily haven't learned all of the ways that you're supposed to um, act and interact with people. Like in any other situation where Issa had actually had more experience, she would know that the day after, maybe two days after you meet with the client and you have a discussion about everything that went right and everything that went wrong, and then you squash anything that it could particular potentially happen there. But mm-hmm. Issa being as you knew as she is, was to this job, didn't know that that was part of it. For Crenshaw, the thing that bothers me is, so like, this is the second thing, is that you can completely ruin someone's career by going off on Twitter about them mm-hmm. or any kind of social media. And that stuff gets around. They're all, you know, this, this um, art walk almost did not have um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the anthropology name. collection. Yeah, the anthropology <laughs> the collection. collection. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that makes more sense. We just want to go to anthropology. <laughs> that makes way more sense. It's, it's late. It's late. <laughs> it's late. <laughs> Leave us alone, Chappelle. Exactly. Why am I like? Why am I the villain? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that that those are kind of my two cents on the whole Crenshaw thing is like, mm-hmm. you don't put things out there about people, especially if you haven't had a conversation with that person that could potentially ruin that person's career. 
And like right. the reason that I'm so up in arms about this is because I like experienced this. I had like earlier in my debate career, there were like debates that I had <clears throat> where I had to like, you know, say arguments that I didn't necessarily agree about, agree with to my opponents that were arguing about things like black liberation. Right. And mm. then because of that, and because of us not sitting down and just having a conversation or us figuring out who the other person is for a large part of my debate community, uh, uh, like time I was ostracized by like the group of people that I was hoping to have the most experiences with. And that was the black people in the community. It wasn't until, you know, all of us got older and more mature and like, we actually talked to each other about things that rifts started to get better. On mm -hmm. like to bring it back to Issa, this could have completely ruined her career and completely ruined her standing in the community that yeah, she's it trying. Almost did. almost did. It was very. Mm -hmm. It came very close, and it it clearly meant a lot of extra work and person hours on Issa's part and on Koya's part to get these people involved. So, just yeah. like long story short, have a conversation with people. Like, don't right. air your dirty laundry on Twitter or whatever social media platform that you use. And just, you know, be like adult about things and have conversations and communicate. So this type of thing doesn't end up happening. Yeah. That, in a nutshell, is kind of like my reasoning for not wanting her to work with Crenshaw. Because he took it to a place where, you know, regardless of where, whether you agree that... um Issa did the right thing or not, he took it to a place where he could have potentially ruined that woman's career. Mm -hmm. And I can't, like, I can forgive you, but, like, that doesn't mean I want to partner with you. Exactly. So I understand completely why it was that they were, like, so shocked to see him when he was there and why Koya was ready to, like, draw knives, essentially. Yeah. And she was not ready to accept his sexy-ass apology. And <laughs> I get it. You know? I I truly, truly get it. Um, I was gonna ask... I think we can we can keep going, and I'll ask it when yeah. we get to, like, Molly and, and Torian, but... Yeah, I mean... Uh, this was very interesting... And it and it led it led us to the main crux of the episode. Yeah, if I mean, it's hard to pin down the crux of this episode, and I'll talk a little bit more about what I mean by that as we keep going. So we get to Issa's apartment. She's doing her hair, which is beautiful and has um, gotten more and more beautiful as the seasons have gone on because now Issa Ray IRL has her own like hairline. So congratulations to her because she is amazing in all the ways. Um, <laughs> so she's doing her hair and then she hears like her phone and it's the offer that comes in from NBW and it's a, a lot of money. It seems like we don't learn the figure, but Issa starts freaking out. And so does mirror bitch once, yeah. you know, she hears about yeah. all of this. Um, so I really want to get into what you all think um, about the upcoming daydream fantasy flash for whatever you want to call it. But first we are going to uh, take another quick break to hear from our sponsors and then we'll be right back. So stay tuned. <laughs> 
Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, we're back. So we go immediately from Issa kind of like looking in the mirror, um, celebrating her new offer. Um, to uh, fantasy, it turns out. And my first question is, how long do you all think it took Asia to figure out that this was real? <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Asia. I love you so much. But that brought me so much joy on like two separate occasions. And so now I'm wondering how long it took. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that was good right Thank you. <laughs> uh, no I just inquiring minds want to know okay um, the, the second question that I have before we delve into these is what do you all think of this type of storytelling device do you find it um, meaningful and illuminating or do you find it a little bit tedious and kind of, you know, uh, lazy in a sense? Yeah. Ooh, not lazy. Go off, Mark. No, <laughs> no. seriously. I was that, helping that's the, thank you for uh, helping me find the word. It's yeah. like, I appreciate it. <laughs> no, so yeah, I let's, hear about that. <laughs> let's talk about this before we get into the actual, like, sweet, sweet fantasy baby, as Mariah mm-hmm. Carey would say, <laughs> of it all. Like Mari, please. Um, it did take me a minute. Like I, I was like, okay, all right, she's getting a group back, and then it was like, and then it was quick. It was to the next one. I was like, okay, she's even more successful. Then when she was um interviewing with uh the one lady, and she was like, yeah, it was like two years ago that I had um partnered with MBW. I was like, oh, two years, okay. And I was, mm-hmm. and I was like, wait, am I? Am I was I right again? Yeah, <laughs> you know, another time another, jump. Another, I thought about time you too. Jump. I yeah. thought about you during that moment. And then she was like, "Oh, you know, she." We find out she's in Detroit, which means she's expanded. Oh, sorry, I don't know if we were at this part yet. But basically, okay. I was just saying, like, um, I was like, my heart, like, 
started beating like because i did not realize this was a fantasy for a while i will give like me and asia were probably in the same boat for a minute it, i i think the part that i realized i like okay i think it's a fantasy was when she got back to, with nathan and the house and i even like at one one point during it i looked over to my husband i said what do you think D- dream sequence or time jump because i knew it was one or the two mm-hmm. but the whole time my heart was really beaten they really did like really get me here because i was like Okay, all right. Because you know, like when you think it's real, you're like, okay, I kind of like this, but I don't know. You know, then she's on the the plane with like Ty Dollar Sign and all that. You're like, what is happening right now? Exactly. Yeah, and then and then when she goes back home with Nathan, this was when I was like, oh, please let this be a dream sequence. (laughs) I do do love I do love seeing us in first class, though. I have to I say. Did, yes, I did like the first class shout yeah. out. It, and it looked like it was a, a long trip because they had like the little sleep pods. Yeah, they too. did. Yeah. I was like, where y'all coming from? But um <laughs> It looked like then, if you're coming from Detroit to LA, that's a long trip. But that's not that long. Not for the not for no pods. pods. Yeah. No. <laughs> you flying Emirates from Detroit? Okay. <laughs> okay. That's what I was gonna say. I was like, were they in Dubai? Like right. maybe, maybe, maybe I've been on them Emirates flights and uh <laughs> you ain't doing that from Detroit. <laughs> so um but yeah and then so when she got back home with nathan and then he said whatever he was done i don't even remember and then she, when she asked when did we move to west hollywood that's why i was like okay 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 right okay, it's a dream sequence it's a dream sequence and i was just waiting <laughs> i was waiting but i mean like they got me they got me in that first one but because they get you in that first one that means every subsequent one after that you're like you know that you're just trying on a, a new pair of shoes here so that's mm-hmm. why it can be kind of like when you say it's like lazy booking it's kind of like um <laughs> that's what we we, we say it in, in the wrestling, <laughs> the wrestling world yeah yeah um but it's just kind of like huh yeah you guys like this you know oh no you don't like that okay what about this what, uh, mm-hmm. no no so in in kind of what naturally happens i think um, what'll probably happen, especially with shows like this, it's just we'll get neither of those two things. You know what I'm saying? Like mm, yeah. they, they, it kind of tips your hand. You know, it, it, it won't turn out like either of those two things because if it did, we would have the natural progression of it actually happening. So, right. I mean, it, it, they got me. You, you know, you had us in the first half. Not gonna lie, but <laughs> after that, it was just kind of like, okay, where are we going with this? Right. It's like, fool me once, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, but literally, you fooled me once. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Chappelle, what do you think about this type of story device? I think it was cool. I think uh, this is, I, I agree with Mari t- to an extent. I do believe this is very fan servicey. And that's something yes. I learned from Mari, too. Like, uh, mm-hmm. in the rest of the world, they do things where, you know, they're just like, we know y'all want this. So here, damn, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. take it. Here's it for and a so- split second. And then we right. reverse it. Uh, and then we go back to what we want to do anyway, you yeah. know? And so, yeah, I get what Mari's saying with that. But for me, I knew very quickly this was a dream sequence mm-hmm. um, and throughout. <laughs> well, well, the thing that tipped it off, honestly, so you get through the, well, she first off starts talking about like, oh, stacks on stacks on stacks. You know, mm-hmm. like she, she mm-hmm. I'm a rich bitch. I'm a rich bitch. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like her bars. And so when they show like the initial time jump, it's like when she's presenting, you know, like, 
the, her new contract with nothing but water and stuff like that. Like she's talking about it. And then very, very quickly after that, she's at a conference where it's called the nothing but water conference. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, so now the block got it. Like now she got her own conference that fast. I'm like, okay, we're doing a lot here. And then when mm-hmm. she ends the conference with, all right, y'all, you know what I always say? Child. <laughs> well, I was like, all right, all right. You had me for 15 seconds, but that mm-hmm. child, things are going to be easier. Like, like Mari said, that's a callback to the last conference we saw them yep, at. The exactly. Yeah. yeah. I was just saying, I live and die in LA. The positive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. She was like, yeah, to live and die in L.A. So I was like, okay, you don't pull that Crooklyn reference out of nowhere for the five stair steps or whatever for that <laughs> song if it's not a dream sequence. So for me, yeah. I liked it because you do get to see Issa in, in a world where she has it all. She has the things that she wants and then she's living the life that she wants to live. Like like Latanya right. said, um, it's good to see us in first class. Issa is living lavish. Like she got the outfits on point. She got the hair on point. She got mm-hmm. like she's boss lady. You know, she's got she's doing it all. Um, she ends up in first class. She ends up sitting next to Ty Dollar Yeah, exactly. From the, from the yep. pure bitch way back yep. when, Ty Dollar <laughs> is her guy. Like, exactly. She, <laughs> yeah. she, she literally was like, wait, I gotta... Yeah, she was like, I gotta stay with Daniel because if I stay with Daniel, I can meet Ty Dolla Sign. Exactly. Four seasons later, we that was when I was. I was like, okay, yeah, he's here, and he's magically about to go work with Crenshaw. Right. 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 And so and so that's where like the fantasy kind of took a left for me, though. Like, so I was enjoying it until it was, oh, he went to work with Crenshaw. And then that's where you start to see like, oh, OK, now I'm going to get the choice. Um, but then she goes back and she goes to see Nathan, who's basically wearing Lawrence's um, like um, that that sweater that he'd be wearing. Um, like, um, mm. yeah, like, well, it's not Lawrence's sweater, but it gave me the same vibes of like uh, that, that um, goofy, like album cover sweater that Lawrence was wearing. Way yeah. Back when he <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so from so when they talk about the move from West Hollywood, my wheels started turning there. I mean, the move to West Hollywood because my wheels start turning there on what exactly is the choice here? Is Issa thinking that you know Crenshaw has made it? He's going to be working with Taj Alasan, so he made it without her. But throughout the episode, we saw that at the conference she hasn't been back to LA. Now she's mm-hmm. she's flying from Detroit to West Hollywood. She's still not back in her neighborhood, you know. And those yeah. are the things that made Issa. The Issa, that's why it was the block. You know, it wasn't the block because she was in Detroit doing conferences. Like she was mm-hmm. supposed to be doing that stuff at home. And so that's what that's why I liked it because it kind of without beating you over the head with the choice, it made you realize like what she thought she would be giving up by, mm-hmm. you know, uh, going with the uh, stacks on stacks on stacks uh, yeah. from the nothing but water deal. So yeah, her it. her authentic um, authenticity. She thought that it would, you know, change her and change her whole mm-hmm. life and that, you know, she'd leave and all that. And I, I, I don't know. I think There's we'll talk about that change. Later. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, know, like East, did Issa's it whole meet? brand is the block, you know, it's yeah. the area. It's mm-hmm. Issa is from the neighborhood. She wants to do artwork for the neighborhood. And so in this lavish fantasy that she lives in two years, she has completely turned her back on the city in a way. You know, where yeah. people are asking her, like, hey, Issa, don't you have you been back to LA? And she's like, no, nah, not really, actually. You know, so that's why I enjoyed it because, in a way, it was fan servicey, but it did give you the like the dilemma in a way that didn't kind of beat you over the head with it. So, did we miss something? Is this deal with nothing but water? Would it mean that she would have to not do things with just the block like and i don't i don't think so honestly mari i think Mm -hmm. she's just looking at it like that because she knows when she starts to get paid she knows the like look sometimes 
<laughs> we forget where we came from. And I think mm-hmm. a part of Issa knows that, yeah, I mean, it's fun to help the neighborhood. But then there's, when you get to a certain place in your life, sometimes you just want to help you. And yeah. we saw that in the initial interaction with Crenshaw, where it was, do you support Krishan's art and his vision or and or and go a different direction than what nothing but water wants to go with? Or do you support you and what you want to do so that you and Krenshaw can make some money? And so I think it's a binary decision that she's made in her head based on her interaction with Krenshaw the first time. Right. Yeah. I have to admit, you know, and don't come for me with pitchforks, people. I, we have a pretty kind audience, so I don't think that would be the case. <laughs> and I just got back. So like, Calm down. Um, <laughs> I, I think that this might be my least favorite episode of the season, if I'm being oh, honest. Really? Yeah. Mm. I the beach episode is right there, though. <laughs> I like the, the, the oh, what the beach episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I like the beach. Episode. I like the beach episode. I, mm-hmm. I I think that there like it took us on a journey. Like there was progression there. Um, losing Molly's dog is right there. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. But to to, to your point, this doesn't really progress the storyline that that much in comparison to the last episode where we were faced with, you know, Molly getting new stuff going on, Issa, you know, deciding, you know, making this decision between Nathan and Lawrence. Like, it didn't really progress it, but I think it does kind of set up some of the struggles that Issa is going to see moving forward. Um, we've said repeatedly here that she's so new to this business and to this mm-hmm. world and that there are going to be, you know, decisions that you have to make and then you have to own your choice. And so yeah. I enjoyed it because it's, it's a really, it's a real thing, right? Where you sit down and you feel like you're at a crossroads and you have p- choice A, you know, door number one goes this way, choice B, door number two goes that way. And you play those things out of your head and you fantasize about what could be. But what Mari's saying is a lot of times it's not, it's not either of those things. It's not the thing mm-hmm. you fantasize about. Mm-hmm. It's probably less glamorous. Like Issa, way less glamorous. Yeah, I don't know how many stacks they offered her in that email, but in two years, she's doing conferences. She's basically running the business completely, mm-hmm. and she's flying first class with Ty Dolla Sign and living in West right. Hollywood with her husband, Nathan. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, did she kill the two people who like were in charge <laughs> of the company? Yeah, like, <laughs> Was there a coup of some kind? It's a hostile takeover or something that happens in the next yeah. two years. And right. so... Yeah, so I liked it because it, it we'd only have two more episodes, y'all. They're trying to give us something to play with. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I yeah. get that part. I really do. It's just like we only have two episodes left. So we're gonna spend an entire episode focusing on two different fantasies that the main character might be having is having, and then mm-hmm. just a little bit about uh Kelly and Molly. Like yeah. helping their uh, uh, Molly's family um, to put together like you know oh, well. end of life things mm-hmm. um, to like put together uh, so they don't die intestate, which just means dies without die without a will. Yeah, um, which but, is a very important conversation that yeah, you know they only spent a little bit of time on, but because they were so busy doing this, mm-hmm. like uh, this also this episode hobby. was felt very short as well. It like, did. I, yeah. I need to know what the runtime on it was. It had to be. It was definitely less than thirty minutes. It I did because so. there's only so much you can pack into fantasy sequences uh, yeah. during a thirty minute runtime, especially if there's two of them. 
See, and see, and, and I and I have to I, I I do have to disagree with this with this one because I because all right, honestly, then I quit. That's no, it. no, it's fine. What I'm I'm just saying that from my perspective, I felt like this episode is two episodes from the end, but it's not like we are trying to resolve anything currently. This mm-hmm. episode set up the new problem that we now have two episodes to fix. Because mm-hmm. to this point, the question has been, yeah. is it Nathan or is it is it Lawrence? Well, for for all intents and purposes, it's Nathan right now. They're about mm-hmm. to move into it. Now, don't get me wrong, she's having second thoughts, but people have that. Mm-hmm. But if the primary conflict for this season was Nathan or Lawrence, or Lawrence and Condola, both of those two storylines have been um, resolved. St- resolved. Yeah, so last I feel week. Like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like this episode was a 30 minutes of, okay, now what's next? Because we're hinting at the Tiffany thing, but I mean, you like Tiffany, you don't like Tiffany, whatever. That's not, that's a very minor storyline. We spent mm-hmm. three episodes essentially talking about Molly and the estate planning. So I think they touched on that. I think this is setting us up for the one-two punch that is episode nine and 10. That's why I, I don't really dislike it. Yeah. So, and and that, let me chime in here. I actually, I, I like this episode. I didn't, I didn't dislike it, especially not, like I said, four and five. Took me for a little bit. Stop it. So I actually did. I like this. It did. Those dream sequences still made me feel things. You know what I'm saying? Even though I know it was. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that I didn't feel the same uh feels that every insecure episode makes me feel. Yeah. That word has no meaning anymore. And I've said (laughs) it so many times. Um, I, I, and like, I'm sorry to interrupt. It's just like, I, Uh I don't. Um, I think that this could have been done in a more efficient manner. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like you're not alone in that. I think uh, Jason from last week probably agrees with you. The letter from last mm-hmm. week, and a lot of people did because, like, like we said, it does not, it did not move the needle here at all. But like, at least not for what we was what was already established. This was an episode that established new things and. Or set up for new things, which is kind of weird because we still only have two episodes left. So it does feel like, okay, why are we setting up for something when we don't have the time to flesh it out? Mm-hmm. You know, it can be one way to look at it. Or like Chappelle said, it could be like, we're going towards the big resolution. This is the, this is the, the crossroads where we now know what the setup is so that we can set up for the big res- re- re- uh, resolution. So I can see it both ways. Um, but uh, like for me, um, I just, I, I liked, I like that we're getting more of Issa's, um, inner thoughts and stuff like that. But honestly, I, I don't know because I've had this type of choice, uh, at least uh, two separate occasions when it comes to my career, I had a, do I do this or do I do this? Do I do this or do this? And nine times out of 10, when you make that decision, it's not this far ahead. Like you're not looking two to three or five years in the future you're looking what am i what will benefit me right now and and i mean that could that's just me speaking from my personal experience it was like do i do do i stay here or do i go and do this do i make this move or do i you know i stay here and it was one of those things where it's like yeah maybe i don't know where this will lead in like two to five years but i know right now it'll um it'll help what's 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 going on in my life right now. So I think that's what Issa kind of needs to focus on in a sense of like, because her, her 
her fantasies kind of seemed off base. Like Chappelle came into this podcast saying she made her, her career path very binary when it doesn't seem like to all of us, unless we're all missing something that it needed to be this mm-hmm. binary. Like, I don't understand why she can't do some amalgamation of both of them. Right. I don't understand why she thinks automatically if she goes with MBW, she's going to be a complete sellout and forget where she come from, yeah. you know, but go going with Crenshaw means she keeps her morals, but she's still on struggle bus city a little bit. So it's just kind of like, it's very interesting. It's a very interesting thought process and all that and think piece. And, you know, we're going to, it's one of those things where we all three of us came into this episode, like we are going to be talking about some shit. So so I, it did what it needed to do. And again, at this point, nothing is surprising me and I'm just waiting for the end of the season so I can properly collect all of my thoughts. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. If this episode did anything and it did a lot of things, it's that it, it really like, caused me to have like a deluge of thoughts about the possible choices that Issa is facing. And I agree Mm -hmm. with you uh, that there does not have to be this binary. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that she could actually have written into her contract is having the ability to still be able to like do things with the block, to still be able to make sure like that she can work with people like Crenshaw because mm-hmm. you know, the nothing but water people, it seems like they didn't see whatever like beef was happening between Crenshaw and Issa. So that doesn't mm-hmm. preclude the possibility of them working with him again, because his show was a smash um, like success according to the nothing but water people. So yeah, uh, you know, it, for me, I think it was just more of an efficiency thing. And also, you hit the nail on the head, uh, Mari, when you said that it doesn't have to be like one or the other. You don't just because you get like make money and you're being paid what you're worth doesn't make you a sellout. And I really think it's important, especially in the black community, for like women especially to be paid what they are worth, if not more and mm-hmm. not have to feel guilty about it. Yeah. I mean, that is another, uh, thought there. Yeah. And this, and this definitely is in line with Issa's character from my perspective, like her making this a binary decision. It sounds like what Issa would do in her situation, because what what she saw last time from her perspective was a binary decision. She chose nothing but water and their vision. And then Crenshaw said, OK, but you a sellout. And mm-hmm. so like that is something that is permeated throughout. And now it's just manifesting in her fantasy. So it's not like the writers wrote it binary and it didn't have to be. This is just mm-hmm. on par with what Issa's experiencing. And so I can't knock her for that. But yeah, she's definitely wrong. You don't have you can have it both ways in a, in a situation like this, yeah. at least from my perspective. Yeah. So in the next scene. Um, we see that uh, Molly and Kelly are at Molly's parents' house and they're doing some estate planning with Molly's mom and dad. Um, everybody is, you know, really like anxious and on edge about this. You know, like one of the brothers offers to go make tea and mm-hmm. then it's like, there is no tea. I don't mm-hmm. know if there ever even was tea in this house. <laughs> I'm going to go buy some tea. Um, because nobody really knows what to do and their parents are still really reluctant plus 
and this is like a really sad moment, but like one mm-hmm. that's true to so many people is that, you know, Kelly wants to get to the point where she's talking about like assets, like actual cash money that is going to be left behind. And Molly's dad gets really upset and says that he feels like he worked really hard for 50 years and now he has nothing to show for it. Mm-hmm. And that was just really like a poignant line to me that like, you know, hit me really close because, you know, so many people in our community don't estate plan period, but like they don't do it because they don't feel like they have anything of value to discuss. Right. Um, and and it's really sad. And it's also the case for a lot of people because of the, you know, the way that the capitalist system functions because of the way that the economy functions because things uh, you know and have been, have gone through inflation 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 is that people work and work and work and then they retire and they have nothing yeah uh, because even if they were able to save those savings you know in this case all got diverted to paying for Molly's mother's medical bills yeah um so i'm just you know, this is something that I was really glad that this scene occurred. <clears throat> I was glad that Molly brought Kelly along to do this. Kelly has been such a stalwart when it comes to helping the people in her life plan for their futures and figure yes. out their their presence. Um, so the, Kelly was so gentle with them and she was just great in in this scene and throughout this whole process um and it, you could tell it was really hard for molly um uh, because she said you know you you loved us and that's like all that really matters hmm. mari what do you think about this scene and its importance to like us as a as a people really yeah it's it's very needed it's sad um it is very sad, but I think we've said it before, like, you know, passing and not having a will can be very, very difficult on the family you leave behind, you know, even if you don't have much. So, you know, the best thing is is to always get your estate in order just so that, you know, it it's not such a burden on the, the people that you that are left behind. Um, but also it has to you know it's felt so sad when when you when you do realize you don't have that much to actually divvy up and you know the lack of generate generational wealth amongst you know minority communities you know is just one of those things where you feel like you're never going to get out of that hole mm-hmm. and it's just a you'd rather just not deal with it type of deal so it was a very important i'm glad they got it done you know, it took a lot out of everybody, but it, it really is truly, truly important. And I really like that Insecure is, you know, putting a spotlight on it because it's something you know, I never thought about it, especially for me, you know, till I owned a house and stuff like that. And it and so, it, uh, man, this, this scene was this scene really hit me. It, it really, really did. It, it was really, really tough. And I, th- I thought it was needed and I liked it here. Yeah. And Chappelle, I ask you about this because let's just stick with um, the uh, the characters here who are doing the estate planning scene. And then we'll talk more about um, the Crenshaw 
uh, fantasy in a second. So, you know, it seems like this is something that took hours and hours to do. And everybody just looked completely drained by the end of it. And like, I, I know we've all been in those situations with family. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be about like, uh, you know, coming up with a will. But we've all been in those situations where we leave an interaction with family and we just feel like there's nothing left in the tank. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, Ke- uh, Molly thanks Kelly. And, um, you know, they kind of like, uh, make plans essentially to like see each other in a social way that does not involve this in any way. Uh, and then Molly goes back to her car and she just breaks down, which was another thing that really hit me because like, I have a habit of crying in my car. <laughs> I don't know if that's something that other people do or if it's just something that like is used for a dramatic, uh, like you know purposes on television and uh, shows and movies but mm-hmm. i am one of those people who like will totally go and cry in my car uh, mostly because i don't want other people to see me cry um but i just really like felt this at the time and then just as you know she is sobbing into her steering wheel torian calls they yeah. have a date night planned so apparently um the green light was given um, by, by one or both of the individuals. Mm-hmm. They have a date night plan, but Molly is just honestly too exhausted to do it. And Torian is so sweet in this moment and so understanding. And we've talked about the timeline here. It's only been a couple of weeks. Um, right. So, like... What do you all think about like now that this relationship is actually happening, like they're actually dating each other? What do you all think about Molly and Torian and how Torian reacted in this situation? Chappelle? I mean, from my point of view, it's just a second date. You know, like they're taking mm-hmm. things slow. I- I've always wanted that for Molly. I always thought she was mm-hmm. moving too fast. Not to say that you can't, you know, have sex with someone or something like that and then not ruin everything. But in Molly's patterns throughout the series, <laughs> is, is she goes from zero to 100 very quickly. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. like, spend the night, but I got you a drawer. You know, that that's mm-hmm. Molly. And so yeah. for for me to see that, okay, they're on a second date. They haven't done anything physically, but they're, they're still getting to fill each other out. Cool. And, you know, also... Torian seems like a good guy. In this moment, he hears her out. He's sympathetic mm-hmm. to her, to her feelings. He doesn't pressure her. He doesn't make her feel bad about it. And, you mm-hmm. know, and he tells her, "If you need to talk, I'm here." And so, I don't know what else you could want from him in that moment. Yeah, he literally handled that perfectly. It was like check, check, check. Yeah, we'll talk about later. It was just like, you know, the. I think just alone, first and foremost, like not pressuring her to come out, not making, not guilting her into feeling bad about Mm -hmm. not coming out, you know, stuff like that. And then finally being like, you know, you can talk to me, right? Because you can tell when she's crying and she sees the the number and she tries to like, you know, get herself together and she answers it. Yeah. So I, I really loved all of that. And he really is shaping up to be like, one of the better people she's dating yeah, clearly seriously um but i i want to ask you guys how do you guys feel about basically their relationship has been, all been off camera so far in a mm-hmm. sense since they kind of connected at the the um 
the retreat, everything we've heard about Molly and Torian has been like Molly relaying it to the group as opposed to us seeing a connection between them until I guess you can say this episode. How do y'all feel about, about that? Uh, Go ahead, Latanya. Well, I feel I, I would like to, would have liked to have seen like how this got started kind of like the awkward first moments of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just because those are always cute um, mm-hmm. romantic comedy kind of things um, that I enjoy seeing, but I, I kind of understand why we haven't seen it. Like that, you know, this show this season has been trying to accomplish a lot of things mm-hmm. um, and a lot of things in this episode. So, True. you know, it's, you know, they probably just ran out of time for it. Um, the way that they make up for it is that Torian, you know, someone show like, I guess like a Uber Eats person or someone shows up with like a bottle of alcohol and some food. Yeah, um, wings. Yes. Like, which sounds like, and, the, and they're from Torian. And that just made me love him even more. I was yeah. just like, you know, this is amazing. Um I, I would like to see more of the two of them together on screen because I was telling Chappelle about this uh, uh, like uh, last week. If you if you flash back and think back to season one when um, Molly was obsessed with getting on that like professional dating site for people yeah, the who league. only the league, and then she finally got on and she was like, you know, it's a numbers game. Let's keep going. Let's do it. Uh huh. Um and. She kind of like went down a checklist essentially of what she, what her ideal man would possess attributes that he would have. And Torian kind of meets all of those criteria. Like, you know, he is successful, incredibly upwardly mobile. He's very smart. You know, um, not that we know of, like he doesn't have any children that, you Mm -hmm. know, that's never been brought up, you know, all of the kind of like superficial things that she was looking for. She found those in Torian, but like you all spoke about this on the last podcast, like why I would call the two of them for be to be together. And I guess my response is that um, Molly seems like the type of person who needs someone to spar with in a relationship. And Mm. it was the fact that she and Torian were trying to prove to themselves and everyone else at work that they were equals or like one up each other. Um, and it was something about that, that like just made me see a chemistry between the two of them and made me think that in a relationship, she, it would be good for them to have that like ability to one up one another. The only thing that like gives me pause about this is that it's a relationship that's happening with someone in her workplace. Mm. Um, so I'm wondering what you all think about that. Yeah, I mean, I've gone on record to say I don't love that. You know, like mm-hmm. that's that's just not that's that's asking for mess in a lot of ways. But if you can navigate right. it, fine. You know, it's just in the past we've never seen Molly in a situation where she was in a spot where she could navigate this kind of thing tactfully. Um, so I think we have a growth arc for Molly that is coming to the end. Right? I think Mari mm-hmm. has pointed this out several times. This is the Mar. This is the Molly story arc. You know, like mm-hmm. she's she's grown the most of anybody. She's a different person than she was in the yeah. first season. I don't necessarily agree with the sparring situation, just because I think Mar- Molly gonna do that with whomever. Like she gonna mm-hmm. and 
Yeah, yeah, like that. So whoever she find, they're gonna do that. They're gonna have to go there with her. Um, and so like I don't know if Torian specifically, the thing that they have at work, it kind of led me to believe that they had chemistry to date, but I don't think it hurts them either. I think it's something that they're they're both feeding off of it in a positive way because they're able to spar at work, and then when it gets time for to be personal, they're able to let their guard down and actually have like real conversation when it's time. And so I think that's the most important part. It's less of the sparring and more of the okay, put down your gun, put down your weapons, let's I'm here for you. You know, Mm -hmm. that's the part that she probably hasn't gotten before that is setting this relationship apart. If it's a relationship again, second date. So I'm okay with them, you know, taking it slow. Um, What I, what, and this might be a little controversial, but I wouldn't hate to see them have a hiccup. Um, I know there's two episodes left, but we've always seen that when things get tough, Molly and mostly Issa, but Molly, you know, she often will take the easy route out or she'll Mm. like, take a make make things worse than they have to be right when uh-huh. she finally finds the one problem it's an issue well, it's a huge issue you know uh-huh. um it's never just minor it's never one tiny thing it's one tiny thing turns into uh like it's like a snowball effect for her and so i know there's only two episodes left but i would like to see torian maybe do something that molly doesn't love and then see how she reacts to it if she's able to compromise or if it's something where it's kind of well, who was it way back well maybe like jared or maybe andrew where it's like almost a deal breaker um mm-hmm. so i would love to see what that would look like to you know kind of demonstrate her real growth that's a good point yeah um maybe at the next episode where it's tiffany and derek's going away maybe she runs back into dro or something but um i would just say (laughs) i i think i i think i like that um their relationship is a little bit off screen i think i mean latonya made a good point it could be because we're just running out of time and screen space for it because this is the last season but i also think it could be just to emphasize how slow they're taking it and um, I think mm-hmm. that's great. Like I, like, we've been talking about it for the past uh, three episodes now, or two episodes now, now. I think that she needed to take this this one as slow as possible um, if she wants it to last. And I think that's kind of underscoring it with us not seeing them phys- physically together um, too often. So a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, in a normal Molly relationship, we would have seen them have sex three times by now. It's been three. Right. Episodes. Yeah, exactly. We haven't even seen them kiss. <laughs> So I think uh, that's probably why most of it is off air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I guess we should go back then. Um, now that we've covered uh, Molly, Torian and Kelly and uh, Molly's parents go back to um, the second fantasy, sweet, sweet fantasy baby mm-hmm. um, that Issa has. Um, and this one is specific to Crenshaw. So, um, Issa ends up meeting with Crenshaw and he pitches her a lot of ideas about how to help the community. Um, he's even sent her a proposal. Um, so it seems like he's starting to like pick up on how to be a lot more professional. Um, they share kind of like the story. Issa shares the story of how she used to work with um, like essentially like an educational consulting kind of business. Um, and like after school program, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. But Issa says she's not really sure and needs to think about it. So um, Crenshaw brings Issa and Toya um, to show them the new space. And that's where uh, Issa gets the amazing brownies um, mm-hmm. from <laughs> the guy that works there. Um, apparently from an air fryer. I'm, I'm just going to say, I don't have an air fryer, but I... I want one Why? because I 
I don't know. I, I'm no, why don't a, you have one already? I, I'm a terrible person. I Basically. just, I need to be flogged. I, I don't right. know. I mean, if you listen, if you don't, if you don't have taste, then that's a you thing. I, mean, I don't know how me and Mari have to sit here and podcast with you. We should have told us this. Weeks wow. ago, because we would have had to re- reconsider. We'd be talking about Harlem or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't rule it out. Oh no! Um, <laughs> don't rule that out. So yeah, I don't have an air fryer, um, mm-hmm. but I have through the many like you know Twitter uh, videos and then like TikToks through Twitter that I've seen come to believe that an air fryer is here essentially to save us all, um, and yeah. that I need one um, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And apparently yep. these brownies are from an air fryer, which like that just it just blows my mind whenever people are saying all the things that air fryers can do. I feel like an 80 year old woman who's like first discovered electricity. <laughs> They're magic. They're magical. <laughs> so I just wanted to get that out there. That was a very important point. Um, so they jump forward uh, about a year um, and Issa and Crenshaw are now partners. and then. They're doing all this stuff in the community. Everything seems to be going fantastic. You see the close up on the Inglewood sign. And then who shows up <laughs> to present Issa an award for spearheading change in Inglewood and generally being a bad bitch, <laughs> but one Tyra Banks. Oh, yeah. Everybody. <laughs> Tyra Banks. Has <laughs> been on the <this> show now. <laughs> yeah, well, Tyra Banks is an Inglewood native, mm-hmm. so it makes sense. It makes sense yeah. to me. Yeah, I was, I was like, about time, Tyra. Where you been? Right. You know, um, <laughs> she, she gave her the, the, the key to Easelwood. You know, Easelwood, right? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was hella clever. Like Easelwood is so funny. Hey, did y'all peep Koya was wearing that integrity sweatshirt? I screamed. <laughs> was she? Oh my yeah. god, I missed it. You know. They in partnership with Crenshaw now, and so I guess she felt like, I mean, I guess I can wear the sweater. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Okay, so then Issa comes home to Nathan, and uh, they're apparently still living in Issa's old place in this particular fantasy because working for and with Crenshaw, even when you are the queen of Inglewood, doesn't necessarily give you all of the money that you might get from say working with nothing but water. Um, so Nathan says um, that, you know, somebody has a problem with their toilet. And so she runs to get the plunger because she's apparently still building manager of mm-hmm. uh, where she is. She wants to get the plunger. And then she hears Nathan say he's proud of her, but she can't really make it out. So she comes out with a plunger and says, what, and then all of a sudden, a wild Lawrence appears. <laughs> um, and he has been subbed into the fantasy now instead of Nathan. And he says that he's really proud of her. And she like drops the plunger. Um, Nathan, uh, not Nathan, sorry. Lawrence goes in for the kiss. And Issa is like, what? And can't really do it. Um, <laughs> it's like Lawrence is haunting her subconscious. Like, she really can't fantasize about her life and her future without seeing Nathan in it. Without, I'm sorry, without seeing Lawrence in it. 
they are two different people. And I know that. Um, so what do you all think about this? Like, what um, do you think this means for Issa going forward? Mm, this is hard because I'm wondering if Nathan, Nathan, Jesus, you, I just did the exact same thing. I'm wondering if Lawrence popped up in that um, dream specifically because uh, it seems like Issa wants to stay true to herself. She the the opportunity with Crenshaw seems to be what she probably originally imagined the block doing and being um you know so and i think at one point she says like you know this is what happened when you you know you go with i don't i don't know if she said her gut or something like that but it was something to the effect of this is what happens when you you say what you want or you own your choices or something like that and you're or you're not afraid to to go out on a limb or something and then you know lawrence shows up so it's like being true to yourself i think i think she feels like she'd be more true to herself if she went with the crenshaw deal versus the nothing but water which we we said because of course nothing but water takes her away from where she grew up and and the place that she loves in inglewood in la while it's seeming like she's putting all the emphasis on this deal with crenshaw will be where you know her having the key to the city doing everything she wants to do with the city but again still struggling so i wonder if that's why lawrence popped up in this um one specifically however i just don't i i mean the we haven't talked about comparing the two sequences too much but i think the problem with the crenshaw um deal is and what we kind of alluded to earlier is like her and crenshaw just did not work well together so this might be your dream your dream idea for where you want your company to go but how can you trust that coming from somebody you just did not have a, a good working relationship with plus does like like latanya point out do you want to continue to struggle do you want to continue to have to have that part-time job of being the super of a building so that you can you know continue the work that you're doing and if that's the case or if that's not the case do you consider yourself a sellout so i mean this dream sequence was uh very interesting of course at this point we knew it was going to be a dream sequence and we were just kind of trying to figure out and point out the differences and i think lawrence popping up was just the only thing that actually made this worth watching Mm. in a sense what do you think (laughs) yeah um so in this sequence i enjoyed this sequence because like it does show Issa staying true to the neighborhood. Everything she was doing was right up her alley. Um, as far as what, like even what Nathan was doing, I mean, Nathan is still doing the men's group and, you know, we see mm-hmm. that that's the power couple that she has in her, in her head. But yeah, she doesn't have the glitz and the glamor and the lavishness that she would have if she took the nothing but water deal. Um, but I think Lawrence shows up specifically here because um, proximity, maybe. So, like, we know that she moves away. She goes to West Hollywood. She's in a different tax bracket. She'll never see Lawrence again in her first fantasy. Um, but in this one, she in the same neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Like, same same area. And as we know, this is the smallest ne- neighborhood in, the, in, in L.A. ever because they can't, like, you can't go right. to a food truck without seeing Lawrence, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, so I'm thinking that's why he popped up in this fantasy um, because it's a little bit more grounded. Uh, the other fantasy was, like, Best case scenario all around. But this fantasy had, was a, in a little bit more realism. It was more of the, yeah, you can have it all when it comes to your business and helping the community. You can be that girl, but, you know, 
Maybe you don't get the ideal home. Maybe you don't have the ideal money situation. You're still plunging toilets uh, for that girl who called uh, Kelly a, uh, a spider. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. These, these yeah. things are happening. And so I think maybe that's why Lawrence interrupts this um, story. Uh, but I did want to point out that one thing that's true in both stories, she does not get to work with Ty Dolla Sign in this one either. She sees yeah, him on the no, side of a bus on the working bus. with the water. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, uh, even in yeah. your wildest dreams, sometimes you just can't have the thing that you think would, you know, would take take you to the top. You know, it's like, it's still a fantasy and it's still out of reach. So it's not like, like, either of the doors necessarily leads to Ty Dolla Sign. There's not necessarily a right answer here. You do what's right for you. And so that's what Issa is struggling with. Which door best leads to Ty Dolla Sign? Yeah. Please let me know. <laughs> um, so Issa kind of like, you know, wakes up, snaps back from all of this. Um, has like a brief discussion with Mirabitch before realizing that's fruitless and mm-hmm. ends up talking to Molly. And, you know, even though Molly is like fried from everything that she had to uh, do that day, I just love their friendship so much. Yeah, I, I love how it's grown and how the two of them can rely on, on each other, but also have set boundaries with one another um, and it really is the true love story of this entire show. Like that, that, that's it. So Molly tells her, tells Issa, it seems like you pretty much know what you want to do. So you need to just do it, mm-hmm. which I think is good advice. Uh, what yeah. do you all think, Mari? Yeah, that's what I said. It's like a gut feeling. You just go with your gut. You you got to figure out what works for you, what works for you right now. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, you're signing a con, you know, you might be signing a contract, but it's not like it's not end all be all. Things change every moment. So if you do pick one option, you never know. The door might not be closed for the other one. I just think that, like Molly said, you know what you're going to do. Just do it. And I just also, again, we pointed it out so many times. Like, I just can't understand why she can't do both, in a sense. So Mm -hmm. um, I hope that's what we get the next episode, the last episode, her figuring out how to uh, a way to do both, get the money from MBW, but also service her her uh, city. Mari voting for the permutation. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> always, always. Porquinella's dose. Mm-hmm. Um, Chappelle, what do you think about uh, Molly's yeah. advice? Yeah, I mean, Molly, this is just another example of Molly being the grown-up that we've been expecting her to be for a very long time. She's made it. The friendship is where I wanted it to be. I've said, mm-hmm. I've been very vocally vocal at the beginning of the season. I, I did not want to see them fighting anymore because this is the real relationship exactly. that I care about. Um, exactly. And so, yeah, this this works for me. And that's uh, right before Molly gets that delivery that you talked about earlier with the wings Much and the wine, make it be everything better. Yeah, so maybe mm-hmm. Molly should send Issa some wings and wine. <laughs> Yeah, the two W's. Um, so, was there anything else that you all wanted to cover about these um, these fantasies? How they differ from one another, or you think we're all good there? Because I, I have one last question to ask the two of you. I'm good with the fantasies. Okay. So, given that we are only hurts my heart to say this, we are two episodes away from. The series finale of Insecure. 
Um, so I thought I would ask you all's opinion on where, what and where and how and why <laughs> uh, do you want to see Issa? Where do you want to see Issa end up when the credits roll on the last episode? Where do you want to see Issa? I don't, I don't know. I know. That's <laughs> tough. That's a loaded I, question. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Well, I guess when the credits roll, I want to see Issa and Molly together at the Ethiopian restaurant mm-hmm. um, yeah, and talking about uh, her huge deal with nothing but water while she's also opening a store with Crenshaw <laughs> and how she's working on herself because she has no man. <laughs> right. Yes. And, All right. So Molly's you're, Mari, about- you're no man you're like no man hive, right? I'm sticking with that. I mean, yes, I'm no man hive number one, Lawrence hive number two, mm-hmm. Nathan hive, not at all. Right. I yeah. agree with you. Um, I, to the point where I don't have a number two. It's just like, yeah. I, Issa has been dating for so long. Mm-hmm. Like she was in a relationship with Lawrence for such a long time. And then after that, you know, she started dating like at a pretty rapid clip and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that it seems like Issa has never had any time to spend with herself. Right. Just trying to figure out who she is as a person. Cause I don't think that you can fully enter into a healthy relationship with someone else until you know yourself and you've had an opportunity to, you know, interrogate those things about you that you may not like. Um, so you don't bring that into a new relationship. Agreed. So, you know, I was, I agree. Like I would love to see um, some like, you know, type of scene where it's like uh, Molly and Issa together, just like being good friends and having a good time. And, you know, like it's a whole, like, I don't need a man thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I really am team. No man. Well, I want Molly to have a man. I want oh, Molly yeah, to be yeah. Tory. Molly, I want but to be a Tory. I, I don't want Issa. But I don't I think Issa I mean, needs to be alone for a while. I would have loved it ending with a Molly wedding, but I, at this mm-hmm. point it, it would just would be too yeah. much. It yeah. would be literally cliche packing it in. Style. How do we get there? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um Chappelle, what do you want for Issa? Okay. Uh this might be a shock. But believe it or not, I mean, I am team no man to an extent. But in both of Issa's fantasies, one thing is consistent. She's with Nathan. Yeah. And I think that's what she wants. I think she wants to be with Nathan. I think she's trying to make it work. I think they've talked about things. I mean, the communication could be better, but they're having the conversation. She didn't rush into the moving into each with each other situation. Lawrence is literally haunting her. She's not happy to see Lawrence. She's not dreaming about leaving Nathan at the altar or Lawrence coming and swooping up, scooping her up and they riding off together in the sunset. Like she is terrified by Lawrence ruining what she has. And I don't Mm -hmm. think like in her dreams, at least. And I don't think that's like, oh, her like dealing with like, oh, you know, maybe unfinished business with Lawrence all the way. Like, I think there's parts of that. But I do think that just the idea that that second fantasy, she literally could have came home to Lawrence and she didn't. She came home to the ghost of Lawrence. And, you know, that was her first real love, her first long relationship. And I don't know if you ever really just shake that one, you know, as long as they were together and the things that they went through. I don't know if you shake it that easily. And just, you know, so I want Issa to be happy. 
And as much as it pains me to say this, I wouldn't hate her being with with uh, Nathan long term. I just don't want her with I don't want her with Lawrence because I think Lawrence could deserve better. <laughs> um, the hive has been oh. through enough. But but no, all that aside, all that aside, I do think that there's merit to in both of her fantasies. Two things happened, and she might not ever get to see Tyler, Ty Dolla Sign, but she stayed with Nathan both times, and so I think for Issa that might be where we're going. Um, but for me, give me Issa and Molly happy together as friends. And I'll be happy regardless of who Issa ends up with. But don't you think like at, also at the end, Nathan came back. He um, bought pho for Issa, which again, it's like wings and wine. And then mm-hmm. pho is like this. These are all my love languages. And <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, she was happy that he brought it, but he disappeared into the back. And Lawrence's, you know, Lawrence's voice came in and that was in real life. That was real life. And she was kind of fantasizing about Lauren, Lawrence being there. And then as she was looking at the door after she heard Lawrence's voice and Nathan comes trotting around and she's like, Oh, okay. Like there's something still there. And I, I, I don't know if she, yeah, she had Nathan in both of those fantasies, but she's trying to convince herself that Nathan is what she wants or where are we at with that? You know what I'm saying? Like worst come to worst, she needs to talk to Lawrence. I, 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 worst come to worst, they need to, um, like legit just part ways, I guess. Like, because Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't understand how it's still unresolved between the two of them, but it, apparently it still is. So, that needs to happen before the end. Um, they they have to. It just has to. So we'll we'll see. And again, like I alluded to, the scenes for the next episode is going to be Tiffany and Derek's going away party, and it looks like Lawrence will definitely be there, and Nathan mm-hmm. will be there, and it's going to get interesting. Oh, yeah. Condola and the baby going to be there too. There's, <laughs> there's going to be a lot to talk about after that episode. Just yeah. like a rich text Ooh, of 30 minutes. An <laughs> ultimate episode. Jeez, it's about to... Mm, I can't wait. I know. It's it's wild, though, that it's almost over. Um. Okay, so... <clears throat> apparently, I'm a 12-year-old boy. Just <laughs> voice cracking away. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Um, so, we're going to get into Chappelle's Music Corner... Before we do, I'll say that I've been seeing some people on Twitter saying that the music this season has been a real letdown. Um, but oh. I don't agree, especially with last week's like needle drops that, you know, I really like just really took me back to like certain times in my life and like songs that I really love. And then all of the beautiful music um, that played during that, like Lawrence and Condola specific, like centric episode, I thought was very powerful at times and then very like ethereal at other times. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm interested to hear your opinion about this, Chappelle, and for you to tell us a little bit about what we heard um, in this episode. Yeah, I completely disagree with those people. I think if you mm-hmm. ain't liking the the music, you haven't given it a shot. You haven't really sat down and listened to them. And even if you don't like the songs necessarily, get into some of these artists. They're doing the big things here, and Issa's giving them a platform. Some of the artists have already made it. Like I mean, have already made it. Like in this episode, we hear "Skate" by Bia, and Vince Staples has this uh, uh, "Are You With That" song on there. We've got of course Ty Dolla Sign, "Your Turn," um, some Dom Kennedy mm-hmm. at the end with the three two two uh, three go crazy. But like you mentioned at the beginning 
beginning of the, uh, the episode. I love that song, Pillows by Emmanuel. Um, Chat and Shit by Kari Fo is in this one. Bubbly Coat by 27 Deli. And Fuck It Up by Kamaya and YG. Um, well, <laughs> first of all, YG is a ridiculous individual and all his music is amazing. So, you know, like I, I think that you're not giving this a chance if you didn't like it. Uh, what I will say is uh, check out all of those artists, but uh, pay close attention to Emmanuel. I think Complex once called Emmanuel the R&B evangelist. Um, mm-hmm. So that's one that I would uh, check that out. I mean, he is Canadian. I have strong feelings about Canadian R&B singers and rappers. Uh, not my favorite genre of, of that person. Mm-hmm. But, um, but Emmanuel seems like a good, a, a good artist to follow. Um, but I won't get into too much of that. Latanya, I did want to read some of the feedback we've been getting. Because since Jason wrote in a couple weeks ago, we've been getting a lot. Can, uh, can I have a moment to do that? Oh, I would love that. Please. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cause I, I was I, I normally don't check the reviews, but because we get like we only have a couple more episodes and then our feed will be like, I, I don't know, do we have to retire it? How does that work, Latanya? Um <laughs> that's an like, excellent question that I'm not the person who has the answer. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. won't just go away. I mean yeah. Like, yeah. it'll like, still gotta, be there. Yeah, like we I feel like we gotta archive all our thoughts and stuff. But yeah, so we've got since last week, y'all, we got so much feedback. Um D- Wow. Zephyr says, a breath of fresh air. I absolutely love this podcast. I've listened to quite a few Insecure podcasts, and this is by far my favorite. You guys have great chemistry and provide amazing insight. When the Insecure when insecure is over, please podcast about another show, please. Um, these ever thank you. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, Post-show recaps. You heard it here first. The three of us it? have to podcast about another <laughs> thing. So, <laughs> the, the, people, the, people the people want it. The people want it. Open your eyes. TJ Hookie says, I'm glad y'all got us. I've been listening to Post Show Recaps for five years, and this is the first time we've had a show for us and by us. Would love to hear your takes on Atlanta when it returns. Please Ooh. keep doing shows like this. Even if it's Patreon exclusive, I pay for that just to support. Um, Y'all Atlanta fans. <laughs> oh my God. I love I Atlanta. Love Atlanta. <laughs> I love Atlanta so much. Yeah. I think the problem with Atlanta is that those people were when they back when we first met them, they were regular stars. And yeah. All and now they're like stars. A-listers. Yeah. I want to know yeah. what happened to the to Alligator Man, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> we, might a, we might have an opportunity to get cast on Atlanta <laughs> before they actually decide to build another season of it with these. Yeah, seriously. Stars. I've um, heard some rumblings though. Um yeah. I've heard 20, some rumblings about them getting their yeah. schedules clear enough to do a, like third and final. Is it third? Yeah. Yeah. yeah third, third and yeah. final season. It'll be tough, but we'll see. Let's yeah. put that, put a pin in that poster recaps listeners. And then uh, we get one from winner 48 says, keep the content coming. Love this trio and look forward to hearing more from them on PSR with a heart emoji. Um, we also get, the real Nikki face says, hilarious, a must listen. I love this podcast. I found Mari and Chappelle on BP Recaps and was uh, hyped to know they cover other shows I love. Insecure is my favorite scripted show of all time. And this was the uh, oh the way this pod breaks down the show, scene by scene, character by character, made me feel like I'm rewatching the show and gossiping and analyzing with my best friend. I'm forever laughing mm-hmm. and relating with listening to this podcast uh, recap. And I won't be mad if you guys do a recap of making the band 
in a long way. <laughs> Man, and I, I honestly, I know this is taking a long time, but we only have one more. But I'm loving this. No, this, so is yeah, this is amazing. Yeah, and our last one we have is pot. The podcast convinced me to get an HBO Go account. Dang. HBO Max. Oh, we get broke off a little bit of that. Seriously, <laughs> HBO can hit us up. It says. From Kingsley 46, started Insecure in the first season, but fell off when my friend canceled her HBO access. Relatable. I wanted to listen to the podcast for the three podcasters and figured I'd just be a listener and not a watcher. The way each episode is broken down and each podcaster shares a different perspective had me hooked. So I just got HBO Max and I'm binging the seasons. Thanks. Loving the conversations each episode brings. And that's the music corner and our feedback corner for this episode. Yay. Yay! Thank everybody so much for listening. That was to our so, desperate that, that was so good. Like yeah. uh-huh. you, you all don't know like how much we feel. We're screaming this like into the ether, and like maybe <laughs> one or two people are listening, and they're probably related to us in some way. So, <laughs> so to hear all of that amazing feedback from you all taking the time to write in on, um. Like they did this on the feed, right? On Apple, yes. yeah, on our Apple Post Recap. I'm sorry, the Insecure, uh, the Post Recap feed, mm-hmm. and that really gives us. I mean, that's great because that really helps the podcast a lot, and it also yeah. helps to to give us honestly a lot more legitimacy when we mm-hmm. get ready to go and pitch more projects for us and by us, as someone said. Um, that yeah. we want to talk about. So thank you all so much for those amazingly kind words. We appreciate yes. you listening to us and putting up with our mess. Mm-hmm. Um, we really, really just like love hearing this feedback. So please keep it coming. Thank you all for listening. Yeah. And I looked it up. They're saying Atlanta season three is done filming. So early 2022, Ooh. just throwing that out there. Wow. Just they already filmed out there. Oh, wow. I mean, I, like we have a track record of only covering the last season of shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that should be that. That should be the, the podcast for us, the last season. Yeah, that's the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the last duel, only not at all. Um, okay, so um we're just gonna after that keep it simple um we just got so much love and i'm still overwhelmed by it um we just want to let you all know that we have a patreon um so you can support us at any level um it's patreon.com forward slash post show recaps um, support PSR at any level that you're able signing up for uh, the Patreon means that you allow the opportunity for more podcasts like this one to exist because you know this is the first podcast of its kind on post show recaps and we don't want it to be the last so the way that you can help us is by going to patreon.com forward slash post show recaps signing up at any level that gives you access to our fantastic discord, which just all kinds of like fun and revels happen there. And we have more ways to talk about the, the show uh, insecure there as well. You find like a great community of people and you can talk with us. Um, so also if you have more amazing feedback 
first of all, please feel free to leave it on our um, iTunes like feed, our Apple feed. We will um, check that from now on now that we know that you all are doing it. Um, and again, that helps the podcast. But you can also write into us, as some people have done, um, and we, we will read you all on the show. Um, the email address is insecure at postshowrecaps.com. And then um, how can people reach you all on social media? Mari, you go first. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mari Talks Too Much. That's two like the number two. Uh, you can find me there. Anything um, I'm doing, I'll post there. All right, Chappelle, what about you? Uh, you can follow me at Chappelle's underscore show where I'm tweeting out the podcast links that I'm appearing on. So still talking about silent pod. I'm sorry. Uh, Never have I ever on silent podcast with Sasha Joseph and nothing but Netflix uh, podcast every week on Rob has a podcast with Rob Sesternino. And Sasha Joseph is the Sasha that appeared as a guest on this podcast. So if you enjoyed what Sasha had to offer on the insecure podcast, then you will love listening to Sasha and Chappelle talk all things. uh, Never have I ever. Uh, It's such a great show. And the two of them are hilarious. Thank you. And and one last thing. I was on the first ever Rob Has a Podcast music podcast by... Yes, and it, this is hosted by Isaiah Eight Ball Bangers. His podcast is called Ox Court Approved, and so uh, Isaiah, a rapper of, of his own right, you know, he uh, is also a podcaster, and he's been given the opportunity to talk about his five favorite albums of the year. And mm-hmm. so I got to kick off that journey and the first, you know, music podcast of its kind and our network, at least, um, to talk about the Tyler the Creator album. Call me if you, uh, if you get lost. And it was so much fun. So please check out Isaiah's podcast, Oxcord Approved, to hear about that and to hear future projects that um, he does because he is amazingly talented and a great podcaster as well. Talented, a great podcaster, and honestly, one of the nicest people in the entire world as exactly. well. Exactly. Um, okay, so you can find me on Twitter at LK Starks, where I will be um, making all sorts of irreverent jokes and sharing things from my life as well. Uh, and just really talking all things pop culture, like uh, movies that I've talking about movies I've watched a lot. Uh, especially with the run-up to award season. I am one of those people who actually really cares about award season. So I'll be watching a lot of movies leading up to that. You can find me on Instagram at Stormborn1222. Um, I will be back on the Dexter podcast. Uh, not this week uh, because I have a conflict with when it's recording. Um, but next week, I'll be back on the Dexter podcast talking about everyone's favorite television uh, serial killer, uh, Dexter Morgan, and all the shenanigans that he's getting into in upstate New York. Um, And some more projects um, in the making coming up, but can't talk about them yet. So you just have to stay tuned. Um, So thank you all so much for listening. I'm so glad to be back. This was really great. Um, And I am looking forward to what next week's insecure podcast has to offer but until then thank you for your time and don't forget we got y'all bye
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.